the Motorsport Coaching Podcast, sponsored by Motivate Training and Management. This is a podcast where we talk to drivers and industry experts to help you maximize your performances on and off the track. Let's get started with today's show. Hey guys, and welcome to episode 57 of the Motorsport Coaching Podcast. I am your host, Belinda Risley. And as we did last week, guys, we're continuing on rolling out the Motorsport Industry Conference replays. This week's presentation is by the lovely Fiona Birch around improving your reputation. So Fiona has spent uh, nine years as a trainer. She's an exercise physiologist, sorry, mostly in men's sports. Um, So rugby league, union, Aussie rules. Uh, In fact, back in the day, she was the only... um, female athletic trainer in Australia at the time. So she was the sports medical director at Griffith University for the 1994 World University Games and the assistant medical director for the 1994 ITU World Cup Triathlon. She was a competitive athlete from 6 to 18 and then a professional lifeguard and has spent the last nine years competing in triathlon. So nothing shocks her. She's seen it all. She's heard it all. Uh, And she certainly understands from the athlete's perspective, the team's perspective and the association's perspective, um, as well as the fans' perspective. So in this episode uh, this week, you're going to learn about how to build your brand without withstanding a crisis. Um, she talks about building your reputation, crisis management, and how to utilize that data and analysis and put a contact strategy around that um, to help improve your reputation. I really got a lot out of uh, this week's episode. So please, guys, grab a pen and paper and write down those ideas. Uh, again, guys, wishing you all a very Merry Christmas for the next two weeks. Again, will be the outcome of the Motorsport Industry Conference seminars. <laughs> and um, we will be starting back around about mid-January with our interviews. So again, have a Merry Christmas and a safe New Year. Hi, it's Fee Birch from Pro Athlete Online, and thanks for attending the session on improving your reputation. My background is that a very long time ago, I was in Australia for about nine or 10 years, and I was working as an exercise physiologist in men's locker rooms, essentially. So there's nothing that can shock me. And from there, I spent the last 20 years here in Toronto, Canada, and all across North America, working with different corporate clients, and now for the last three and a half years, in the sports industry. And what I work on is uh, reputation, crisis management, but also how to build a brand that will withstand a crisis. So that everyday stuff, instead of just thinking about content for getting some engagement and business essentially, uh, I wanna make sure that you're not driving yourself down a path that is going to lead to higher risk as well in doing that. So this conference, this session for this conference rather, is about improving reputation using data, analytics, and content strategy. So what we're going to go over is a communication truth, benchmarks, how you perform under certain conditions, diagnostics, how we find the strengths and the issues, driving the brand every day, what we do on a day-to-day basis with our clients, managing an event. This is an event, uh, like a crisis event and when to have action and when to have inaction, and then also content. So this communication truce. Now, in our house growing up, we celebrated Christmas, and that meant that my parents didn't put a single 
present under the tree until Christmas Eve. And they would put us to bed, bring out the McWilliam Sherry and go to town with the wrapping. And everything until that point was stored in a cupboard that was locked with all our gifts, all the sellotape and all the wrapping paper. So my sister who was four years older than me, and I think this started when she was about eight, I was about four, she somehow knew when the McWilliam Sherry had taken effect and it was safe to go under the tree and start unwrapping gifts. Now, I don't know what time it was, must've been about midnight. We got up, we carefully unwrapped everything because you had no way of fixing it because all the sellotape and the gift wrap was back in the cupboard. So this one year we figured we didn't get our special big gift. So we went hunting for it like any good child would do. And we found it downstairs in the rumpus room. Two bikes, one brand spanking new. The other one, the one that I was supposed to get, was my sister's bike repainted. So I was apparently not supposed to notice that. So the next day we played the game pretended to unwrap gifts, pretended to be surprised. And then of course I said, well, where's, can we go get the big one? So we were busted. The reason for me telling you this is because communication is very much like anything that you're given. Uh, the point is that communication isn't delivered. Communication is received. And what we need to think about when we're developing any form of communication, be that content for social media or anywhere, giving an interview, anything, we need to understand that it's going to be opened at a time that is convenient and watched and engaged with the person who's on the other end of receiving it, not the person who's giving it. Now, I apologize, my voice is a little raspy. So I'm going to take some, some water and hopefully not have too many coughing fits along the way. So communication isn't delivered. <laughs> Excuse me. Communication is received. So benchmarks. We want to understand how you're performing under certain conditions, just like here in the, in the car situation that we have. So we're going to look at different benchmarks over the course of a year, say. And they are, has it been a team change? What did it do to that athlete's reputation or the team's reputation? Has there been any legal action? What did that do? A holy shit benchmark is incredibly important. And that is just something that came out of the blue that you couldn't really foresee, that sort of snuck up and happened. What did you, what happened in that situation? Because some of the other ones, you kind of know it's coming and you, you deal with it. This is one that you don't. Pre-season or pre-series training camp, depending on the sport, you guys are in motorsport. And depending on how you want to look at this, um, do you want to look at it like the beginning of this race series or do you want to look at like the whole race season? Um, however that's chopped up, that's just decisions that you make and you decide to follow them through. We're really just looking back about a year, year and a half, and we start with a client and we're going to go, well, okay, you want this to happen? You want this to improve? We need to know where we're at now. In season, same deal, different time zone. Off season, same deal, different time. And then a win and a loss. So what does it look like? What are we really looking at here? So an event could be legal, team change, holy shit. You can see at the end here, that's where we have uh, the issue. 
when it dropped right down there. It actually almost doesn't look, maybe it doesn't look that bad, but it's actually double. Now look at the right where it says positive and negative. Over this week, we actually go 60-40, but that's probably because we've only got one event there happening bad at the end. Obviously, you want to look at like either side of, the, of the, what happened, but I selected that just to show you, you have to be kind of careful what you're looking at and not get too caught up on the numbers and understand what they mean. So we want to look at how you recover from these events, that what caused the reputation to drop. A resilient brand is one that has a good ratio, if not equal, of positive to negative sentiment. So what's interesting here is that you actually have fairly positive going into this event. And you want to see if that was enough. Now, sometimes the event's just horrific. And no amount of preparation is going to help you. But over the time, and we're going to get to that, you'll see how things pan out. So this is a pre-season training benchmark. So over a couple months, um, this is uh, a week, I think. So like two and a half months, two months. And you can see, we want to see like there is some negativity there that happened. Like why? Was there just a lot of excitement and positivity going into it? What drove it down? We want to see what's normal going into different um, pre-season training or pre-series training. Did it involve the athlete? Was it the industry as a whole? Um, did news come out? Was there some legal changes um, or challenges? Uh, was something uncovered? Was there a big scandal of some sort? So we need to really understand. So whenever you have a benchmark, you need to have a blurb as to what it is you're looking at and what were the specifics because every year it's going to be a little bit different for sure. You need to know what, you're, what made it really good or made it really bad. So when you compare it to the same time period next year, you can see where you're at. And then you can start to build good strategies going into this because we'll go, oh, this is happening every time we go into preseason. What do we need to do? So in season, this is a longer period of time. This is weeks. Each bar is a week. Um, overall, it looks like everything's honky-dory, doesn't it? But not really. I mean, we can see that there was some definite drops there. But what's good, what I see that is good, is that, the, that it's going up and then dropping, up and then dropping. It's not doing the opposite of that, right? So should we pay attention to that 51 to 49? Sometimes. Again, it just we need these notes about what it is in season, what really went on. Was it like a crazy, good, physical kind of performance by an athlete, but terrible off, you know, sort of, in their private life, like we need to have those notes. Postseason, this is just a month, this is each day, and you're gonna see on the right there and also on the axes, this is not a ratio of positive to negative. Instead, we're showing that how many documents there were. So something to consider, like how do you wanna present the data to who you need to present it to and how is it going to be presented in the best way so you can make the best decisions and the best content strategy. So shorter time span and it's data frequency is days. So this is a win. So the win is always the middle one there. And we're gonna go across and see all of these to start. Okay. Notice that the one uh, in the um, top right is actual, like not a percentage, it's just 
data, like documents. Uh, so what I just want you to see here is that it's important to show four or so really good wins because they're all different. There could have been this one at the bottom left here. It could have been showing something event that happened. Could have been a holy shit event. Um, so that's going to throw that out. So you want to have a good selection of your, your wins and your losses. You can have all of them if you want, but it's always good to have those notes and say, you know, won this race, but was it, you know, in some sports that I work with, they're teams. So the team may have won the game. This is a game win, but the individual athlete may have had a shocker of a game. So we also see going in before the win, what was the chatter about this particular athlete? This is an athlete uh, benchmark. And then this is a loss. So we can see these four as well. Okay. These are all ratios. And you can see sometimes the data, <laughs> excuse me, doesn't come through until the next day because it may have been in the evening and then it's going to include that 24-hour time period. So it might not have really taken hold until the next day. And then after midnight, it's like, oh, so that's not great. So diagnostics, like what are the issues and strengths and how do we diagnose those? What are we doing to make sure we're on top of everything? So this is what we do at Pricey Online. We have 100 onboarding questions. So it's a two-hour in-person sit-down that just me or whoever's doing it and the athlete sits down just them. It's a, a closed set, if you will. And it is critical that it is just that one individual. Um, it's um, a pretty heavy document. There's, as I said, there's over 100 questions, actually. I think there's about 120 um, in about 11 or 12 different areas, which could be their personal relationships, the romantic, their family, um, their interests, the things that they uh, studied in, in college, uh, the, you know, some athletes, obviously, they play college sport here in, the, in North America, so we include that. The friendships, things that may have happened, uh, all sorts of things, teams, different teams they've been on, reasons for changes, all those kinds of things. So it's, it really is to find out where the bodies are buried, and um, it's always interesting to me because it usually comes out in the first 10 minutes, and then I need to know, you know who knows about that particular issue. Uh, and usually it's four or five people. And uh, then what happens is if the, obviously the larger group doesn't know, but they may come up with a really great content idea, but it's just a little close to this topic that we're running into um, that no one knows about. So I will have a specific thing I will say to an athlete for the life of that relationship that I have with them. And it's, it's a way of me saying, no way are we doing that idea. Um, and they know if they hear that particular line from me, because I'll only use it for that, um, don't discuss it. It is too close. Um, so they will shut it down too. So we want to know like how the athlete feels about the topics, various topics, um, what to avoid, what to embrace, uh, and get to know them, you know, and earn that trust as well and build that relationship. But we'll see this has to be in person. This cannot be a Zoom. We will see exactly how they are. Um, in a very relaxed setting and uh, how open to change they are, like how open to, you know, depending on why they brought us in in the first place, um, you know, where they're at with what needs to happen to change things for them. So we do a daily scan. So we have dashboards set up using this tool, uh, Meltwater, that I, you've seen some of the analytics from. 
Um, we auto scan for various races or events, sports, games, the industry, the team they're on, competitors' teams, sponsors, and athletes and competitive sponsors and athletes as well. Um, it's in real time. It's also twice daily. I get it delivered in my inbox right to my phone. It's an app. Um, we find out any issues while they still only need a Band-Aid, hopefully. Um, and then every day, every single day, there's a text that goes to the athlete or whoever it is I'm dealing with. Um, if, it, if I'm working with an athlete, it's the athlete um, directly. But if it's a team, you know, there may be somebody on the team, the coach or whatever it may be. And uh, we talk to them. We figure out like where their head's at for that day. We give them an update on you know what's happening, their reputation that day. Um, we may talk about something that happened the night before, um, or we talk about opportunities, things they want to kind of get going on, things they're concerned about. We highlight any risk topics. Um, we may have seen something that we go, "Ugh, this guy is like on a rant. Like just ignore him." Or we may say here's a really great opportunity for you to jump in. Um, and we tell them when to, like sometimes you want to jump in and then you got to know when to step back. So we'll give them that guidance. And we just discuss any things they have. And it's usually just text. Um, if we want to jump on a phone call, we will. And that's probably not the only time necessary that we have communication with them. It could be something comes up or they are dealing with something they didn't anticipate or we figure out a time to talk later on. And then we do monthly analytics. Uh, those are looking for the trends, the topics that are continuing to come up. We assess the current strategy and we figure out if we need to sort of adjust or develop a new strategy. Um, I don't like just switching because of one day, but we do look at over the month and we go, okay, are we gonna continue with, are we seeing what we wanna see? Or do we need to make a little bit of a change or add something? Maybe a new platform came up that's really an opportunity. Um, then we'll talk about whether they're how comfortable they are with with that, and we'll sort of include that in things as well. And then we, you know, at some point during the month, um, not every day, unless it has to happen on a certain day because something's going on, but we communicate um, the strategy and we brainstorm or communicate an idea to their larger team. Some teams, some athletes have their own sort of media people that are not me and they um they we talk to them and we sort of have we may have an agreed upon schedule usually it's once a month might be twice a month but we may go hey I'm really seeing this I will get to this in the content part later on but some examples but we may figure out how to brainstorm or um how to create a certain deliverable to fit an issue that we're having that day or that month that's outside of what we expected um, and we learn what issues are going on with the stuff they're already working on that we may have talked to them about last week. And we brainstorm and we sort of figure out like within the budget, the team capabilities, do we need to look at that? Do we need to bring other people in? What we can do and how we solve problems that come up. And then we launch and we test and we hope and, you know, we have a good plan. So we just keep an eye on things. We set up these same tools. We follow things. And at any point in time, there's stuff that's coming into that and there's stuff that's coming out of that. So just depends where we're at. So driving the brand day to day, what does a day look like? What should a day look like for you? So 
what you want to have is you want to have someone that knows what's happening before anyone else and sort of be one step ahead. So you want to have that advocate for the brand, for the athlete, for the team, and know exactly what's going on. You're going to see three graphs there on the left, the general industry, Mercedes, and Lewis Hamilton. I just plucked them out of the sky, not clients. Um, but I wanted you to see these three different levels because you may see something going on with Lewis and you're like, oh no, what's he done? Like, what's going on? He may be your client. Uh, you may be Lewis. And uh, you're like, oh, what's happening? And then you see that something is actually happening with Mercedes. You have to figure out, is a Mercedes... Is there something in Mercedes that's the problem or is it something with the athlete? Or was it actually the industry? Is the industry like some massive scandals come out or, you know, some, some, some issue with something. Now I'm going to show you this tool a little bit later on. I'm certainly not selling the tool, but I am going to show it to you because I want you to see that I have actually taken out other factors. Like it's not just Mercedes general and you know, it says general industry, but it's to do with motorsport. So you can hone that in. And it's one thing that we try to do the first month is kind of really figure out those um, factors and those words and those search tools. Um, and the bottom one is, you know, identifying who to engage with, who to collaborate with, who's for you, who's against you, who to engage with, who not, you know, not to engage with, as we said. Um, and this is actually from the general industry top posters by volume, but you can also do it for Mercedes and you can do it for the athlete as well. So you can actually see like, who is it? And it's really interesting to, you know, to see, and it may be some obscure blog person who's just super excited about and just huge fan. And those can be great people to collaborate with um, and see what it is they cover. And if they have a really good following like that, um, you can look at their reach and all that kind of stuff. You can get ideas about <clears throat> who in the industry, like what people are following in your industry and what they're engaging with. And you're going to learn more about your audience as well, which is super important. After a drink for a little sec. And as we talked about, we connect with the athlete on a daily basis. Now we don't, on all honesty, it might be every two days, but it's, it's at least that. And we, we always want to have a reason um there's always a reason usually um so we want to understand the athlete on that day want to help build that relationship and provide them guidance and if an event occurs larger team is sort of brought in as needed um and we give the important thing is that say i if it's me would be the only person that gives direction to the athlete not the not anybody else um, so they know exactly what the roles and responsibility is for that. Uh, so then we have um, sort of adapt and create content. Um, sort of what are the rules of engagement? Um, do they need to be changed? Are there other people we need to kind of figure out who to to create content for, what are the best topics, what is sort of the desired outcome and what content will achieve that and what are the risks of that content. Because sometimes we want to have a desired result. We know we're flying close to the flame and that's fine. We just got to have a plan. Like if this goes sideways, what are we going to do? Um, it's, you know, one thing is we never try to, um, reducing risk is not about scrubbing someone clean and making them not be themselves. It's always about making them be them. Uh, it's actually high risk to sort of try to show someone in their best light. And then when it 
you know, comes out, someone has a video or something, um, it's harder to come back from. So what are the measures of success or failure with this content? And what is the plan if it goes well? What is the plan if it doesn't go well? Uh, so then we have alerts and analytics at the end as well, because we want to continually be monitoring and engaging as appropriate for that particular situation that we're dealing with. We may need to, we learn every day, you know, what rules of engagement and content um, calendar, how do we update that? Do we have a do not engage list? So someone may pop up that's like, you know, crazy super fan, but not really good for you. Um, do we engage with them or not? Um, and are there any topics to address in the upcoming content that we, we're developing as well? So that's driving the brand. So an unscheduled pit stop. So managing an event, and this is an event as in a situation, not a sporting event. So I'm gonna give you an example of something that happened. So we had an athlete and they uh, said something to a camera, uh, totally innocently, uh, but this film crew, decided to post it when they were in a sort of game situation. So they were not allowed to respond as per the rules of that uh, sporting code. So it gets put out there. It also gets kind of cut. Um, so it seems to go against something that they said a while ago. So it seems to be like, well, what you said a while ago, you weren't really that sincere, and this is the real you. So as you can imagine, everything went a little crazy and we couldn't respond. So I get in contact with the athlete. Um, the game is still going, but they do have access to their phone. And my first response is like, don't do anything yet until you get guidance from me. And their response was, it's fine. I don't need your guidance. I know what I'm doing. I am not going to go on social media. I'm going to stay off social media for a couple of days. And admittedly, this was advice I'd given them for another situation where they had kind of done something, I don't say wrong, but like it hadn't gone well. Things had not been going well. And so they were not on social media um, for that reason. Um, but in this case, I said no to that. You've done nothing wrong. In fact, what you need to do is go on Twitter where this um, piece of content was now sitting because it was TV, but it was also on their own social media, the TV social media channels. We're going to retweet it. And we are going to explain what you really meant and why you didn't say something wrong and you need to kind of come back because you were not given that opportunity. So they were, in that case, cool and on social media. So what happened? They retweeted this piece, <clears throat> and I know this is really blurry, but what you're looking at is news and social, and it's the amount of documents on the left. So social is in blue, news is in green on the left. And you can see that there was a lot of chatter about this on both of them. But when we, it's two days. So the first dot is the first day. 
this happened in the afternoon and we fixed it, you know, responded around seven at night and the next dot is the next day. Okay, so you can see that we hushed it a little bit, like we got rid of a lot of chatter, but what kind of, what, what was the quality of the chatter? What changed? And you can see in the one on the right, the green is positive sentiment and the red is obviously negative. And in the, when it happened on that day, you're seeing more negative than positive and it completely changed a lot. So you saw way more. So you saw this recovery because people wanted to know, they needed to know what was really the meaning of what was said. Um, it was not backpedaling. It was incredibly sincere. And because this person is always very sincere and very real, and they show that raw emotion, good or bad. People know what that looks like, right? If you, if you know what someone looks like when they're being honest, you know what they look like when they're being honest. If you know what someone looks like when they're lying, you know what someone looks like when they're lying. So you're always better to just be real and, and honest and show that no matter how bad it is. So that was sort of news and social sentiment and that was social actually. Yeah. So when to stay in the box, action or inaction. So this is a crazy week that happened in, a, in an athlete. So the situation was on this day that we're looking, this is days. On this day, there was, you know, some negative situation on Twitter. Okay, got into a little bit of bounce back with some people on Twitter. A couple of days later, there was an incident involving the sport and this individual. Our response at that time was actually no social media because it is something they did, right? So in two days, they've kind of done some things that are not great. And then, uh, this was also like me communicating with them on the phone, but also like them not to be on their phone. Like just stay away. Like don't look at it. Don't read it. And then there was a team change situation, like a trade that happened. So that's where you can see still lots of positive, but lots of negative. This is all social. Our response when that happened, and we knew this coming uh, way back in our response to the bad stuff that sort of happened or the less positive things that happened. We knew that we were going to be producing something, that this team change was bound to happen. And so we knew that we would uh, develop a video. And it was important that it was about the fans and not them. And also when you have these team changes, I believe it's always important to talk about your past and not where you're going. Because you need to pay sort of homage and thanks to where you're coming from, who, who, was, who you've been with for X number of years or however long it's been. So we put this video out there and you can see that um, if you saw the actual numbers, you'd see that the green is way bigger than the red after that. And it was shared and retweeted. And I think it was the first 24 hours or even 12 hours, it was like 1.3 million times. So it did very, very well. <clears throat> so content creation from numbers to ideas. So 
this is what you have to have. You have to have a five-year plan. Now, I know that sounds insane, but, and I don't do strategy for longer than like six weeks to 12 weeks, just so you know. But a five-year plan kind of lets people understand what their larger goals are of their career. And um, we then get a sense of what we are building for. And then we sort of chop it down into um, months and weeks and years and things like that. We need to have a brand strategy. So that could be like the larger brand strategy that drops out of that five-year plan. And from that, we do work. We do workshops that figure out that brand tone. And from all the learnings that we've been talking about so far, we sort of have this hot sheet. And that is like who's on our do not engage list, who's on our top posters and who should we collaborating with, who's on our future sort of who are we trying to look for um, future sponsors and opportunities. So we kind of go through all that. And um, what are the governing rules and expectations? Does the sport have governing rules? Is the sponsor have governing rules and expectations? And we kind of need to understand who all that is and like, what are those touch points? What are their turnaround times? Do we have to have approvals from them? All those things. And what sponsors do you have and who are you going after? Now, depending on the sport, you know, you may have multiple sponsors or you may only be able to have one. So, <clears throat> All those things are important. So this is uh, a formula called a sort of reputation formula. It's for deciding like content and what we do. So in the beginning is foundation strengthening. So for foundation strengthening, that is going, when we get an athlete, we go back in time. So you should always be doing this, is making sure that you know what has been said, what is being said, um, and is there something that you need to delete? Now, I know you shouldn't delete anything and nothing's deleted. We have archives. So what we do is we sometimes leave stuff up there, um, but we know exactly how we're going to address it if it comes up. It's interesting today versus two years ago when it was like if you deleted something, you were hiding it. Now it's like, why is it still there? So you can delete stuff, but you do have to archive it and you do have to know exactly what you're going to do when that reappears because it will reappear. So then we have resilient content. So this is a content that we build um, on a day-to-day -day sort of basis and that whole content strategy. Now, there are four kind of stages to any pro career. You're a rookie. You have some accident, rehab, injury regarding on the sport. Um, you get relocated, like a team trade or whatever it may be. Or maybe there's a sponsor change. Um, and then there's retirement. So depending on where you are in those stages of your career is going to depend what kind of content you make. Because, um, you know, if you're changing teams, you've got to kind of keep the previous team and then um, also consider where you're going and how you're going to attract fans and that new fan base. A content agent is kind of like um, this piece that I call what I do. Um, it's truly is an advocate for the athlete and it drops down into sponsorships and team, which are your paid opportunities and then your partnerships, other athletes and charities and things, which are probably your unpaid partnerships, um, both equally valuable. And then we have community management, which is just, you know, this is a huge source of content strategy. It is not just keeping an eye and seeing what's going on, but it's also like really keeping up with 
what's happening, what topics are possible. Um, it's huge learning in there. And then risk management. So that's dealing with something that happens. What's interesting about this is, and that does play obviously into sponsors and team partnerships, but what is interesting about this is that when something happens, you have to go back to the beginning over to foundation strengthening because you now need to understand that things that you said or went through in this risk situation, now stuff that's out there already may have a completely different meaning. So we kind of go back through. So that's content creation. Now, also under content creation is, you know, your sources. Like, so knowing all of that, like, what do you keep hearing? Like, about the athlete, about the team, about the sponsor. One thing that I learned by going to games of one of my athletes was that um, they were a, a baseball player and they were never signing balls for people. And so it was this complaint of like, oh, he's never going to sign your ball. But the reason is because this person was out there getting prepared because of the position that they played and they had headphones on and they needed to just be in the zone. So what we did was we created content to help people understand that now's not the time you're going to engage with me, but I do want you to see the very different kind of prep that I do to everybody else. And the way I'm going to engage with you is you could video that. Um, what you see, what you see me doing, and you know, maybe you post that and I engage with you. Now, we don't give out this instruction, we just let it organically happen. But it was something that just kept coming up and people kind of complaining and giving this negative perception about this athlete, and it was just misunderstanding. So, who were the advocates? What interests them inside and outside the sport? And what do they misunderstand? So your fans will misunderstand stuff. Like they're going down there to get your autograph and you're ignoring them. Why? Explain it to them. Explain it to them. So who are the haters? Same set of questions. What interests them inside and outside the sport? What do they misunderstand? What do they understand? You know, go into your top posters and you know your positive and your negative and see what it is else they post about what else they're interested in maybe you have something in common you know i have athletes that are really into photography um really into fashion and you know is there something else then that when they're engaging with them even the ones you may have on a do not engage list it may be an engagement, a comment about, you know, I see you're also into this. Now, it can't become across as too creepy, like you've been creeping them out. Maybe it was just a previous post or something like that. So you can comment on that. Or it's um, something to do with their profile picture, you know, a picture that they have. Not Maybe not them, maybe uh, a hometown sign or something like that. So what has been talked about in general and what is not being talked about. So is there anything that's happened in the industry? Somebody was fired for something or, you know, something was unveiled or there's a new, you know, development in the industry that's super exciting. Um, talk about it. That could be content too. And content doesn't just have to be this multimedia thing that you create. It could also be something that you uh, just engage with, you know, find a blogger that is just coming out with new stuff and, uh, and, and engage with them as well. Finally, this is a um, 
sort of execution and outline. And what I want you to look at, there's, there's a reason to these three areas. There's the team need, um, the audience and the creation. So I'm gonna look at this from an athlete's point of view. So is it, you could also do it from the team. So raw content grab from the team, from the athlete, is it a sponsor piece? leveraging an audience interest. So what is out there that you could do a raw content grab? So that's just grabbing content. You may not even know how or where you're gonna use it, but just grab it. And then, okay, so you got it from that. How are you going to contextually repurpose it for this audience that you have? And what perception does it align to? Remembering that reputation is perceptions. It's not necessarily fact. And what you're trying to do with content all the time is understand what the perceptions are out there. What is the actual fact? And what piece of content can you do to move that along? What question does this content answer? We have not created anything yet. Common thread check. So how does it fit with all the partners and objectives? So is it in line with the sponsors? Is it, you know, you've got to be careful because it might be a great piece of content, but oh, the sponsor's going to go nuts. So making sure that there's this common thread, that it fits everybody's values and uh, beliefs is incredibly important. So where will the audience best receive it? Remember the story about Christmas Day comes back here. Is it Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn? I don't know. It could be anything. Is there somewhere... Um, why put LinkedIn there? You know, there could be a corporate sort of place for this as well. Um, it could be a partnership that you're doing. So, you know, the, say you have a sponsor and they want to put it on their something corporate, but for you, it's a fun piece. So how is that being repurposed? Um, how will the, how, where will the audience best receive it and how will they best receive it as a next piece? Is it an image, a video or text? It doesn't have to be high performance value, it could be, um, sorry, production value, it could be an Instagram stories that's kind of a teaser before it's even done. So where, how else is the audience getting this particular information and can you leverage it or learn from it? So is it a PR tactic? Is there something else, an activation going on? Or is there some sort of, you know, is the CEO of whatever doing some sort of a leadership speech? And can you um, show it in that avenue as well like is it something you could slip into that as well so now we're at creation and this is why I have this last because what we all do is what am I going to post today what am I going to create today um, notice that that is at the end of this whole sort of timeline so what exact form should it take so should it be an IG story um, is it a reveal is it a takeover is it on Twitter? Is it long form blog? Because you've partnered with somebody that has a blog um, that you found in your diagnostic sort of searching of stuff. Um, is it, does it go on a website? Um, is it posted on Facebook or even LinkedIn? Is it an IG post or video or IGTV today? Um, what is the timeline to create this? So you, by now you've solved a problem or you've come up with something and you're like, oh, wow, I need to get out to wherever and film this. And, you know, now I need to rethink the whole thing, which is fine. It's just not going to be the post you create for this week. But it might mean that I can make it really good if we get out to this other venue, we take this other, you know, have a film crew, whatever it is, 
Um, you know, what is, what is the timeline needed to create as needed by the information as possible by the format and also that the audience obviously will take in. And so do you need to rethink that post? And then can or will it become evergreen content? So that's content that really has no um, date, expiry date. So is this content that you could put out there now and because it does well, or maybe it doesn't do well, and it's just, you've put it into the wrong format, you just keep everything. So you need to be archiving and you need to have a system for that archiving of stuff. And it may just come up, you know, as an end of year highlights or something. But so it's always about, you know, and that's the thing when you're deciding content, maybe there's something that you have used before and you don't need to actually do a whole thing and you can shrink the timeline because you've already got stuff out there. So it's understanding that as well. So the services um, that I do, uh, reputation management is a large part of what I do. Um, but it isn't necessarily somebody's in trouble. It could be because you have a um, something that somebody's doing and you think they might get into some trouble or they're coming out of a crisis and they haven't really come out of it yet. The other thing I do is business organization. A lot of athletes and a lot of teams have a whole bunch of moving parts. And one thing that I look at is I look at how they all relate to each other as a business. And you may get someone in one part of the business. How do you get them through into the other? Some athletes have other business organizations as well too. And then strategy. Um, we've talked a lot about that today. And then marketing and branding. And of course, social media. Social media to me is just sort of the way we deliver the message. And um, it's also a tool that we learn about our audience and we learn about our athletes as well. So what I wanna to do today, because you've stuck all the way to the end, is an offer. I would love to offer you a one hour session with me, Fee. Um, if you would like to do this, please email me at fbrooch at proathleteonline.com. Just mention this session and the offer. I will set you up with a Zoom on your time zone with anyone in your team. Uh, and you can share this to people as well. So just as long as they mention <laughs> there's some thread back, um, then we'll, we'll make it happen for sure. And I'm on Eastern Standard Time Zone, but um, as you've probably figured out, I don't work nine to five, and um, my athletes require that I work across several time zones, not just North American, um, but uh, into to Asia and as well. So please let me know if that's something that you would like to do, or if there's some other idea that you have, you want to customize a different kind of offer, I'm more than happy and open to that too. So thank you very, very much. These are my contact details. Um, there's my phone number, 416-452-4905, WhatsApp. Um, if you're not in this part of the world, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. Um, and uh, I didn't get to talk to you about this today, but there's some exciting, great things happening um, with TikTok. And it's a great way to reach a really good audience and to grow that very, you know, extremely fast um, in a very organic or non-paid way. So thank you very, very much. Uh, I do appreciate the time. And thanks so much. Take care. 
Well, thanks everyone for listening to this week's show. I really hope you enjoyed that one as much as I did. Now, remember all the show notes with the links and the specials mentioned in today's show are available over at motivatetraining.com.au. If you haven't already, I'd really appreciate if you could head to iTunes or Stitcher, type in motorsport coaching, subscribe and leave us a review. Each week, I'll read them out and you'll go into monthly draw to win a fantastic prize. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at motivatetraining.com.au or head over to our Facebook page at Motivate to Tea. Until next time, take care.